1: Clap clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot
0: Shure-Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Clap Your Hands Podcast, brought to you by Odyssey Sports, brought to you by Sports Radio 94 WIP. Currently brought to you by a nice tan I've been getting during uh Look at my you, Mr. Training there.
1: Camp himself.
0: I know, yeah. I was out, out every day at training camp out in the sun today waiting for those Kelly, Jersey, uh, Kelly Green jerseys to come out so I could give my uh, official stance on which ones I thought the best were. But a lot of time in the sun for me right now. Kyle, you got a lot of time in the, uh, in the sun coming up for you. Got some fun vacations planned. But as of now, man, we are talking Sixers it is I think maybe – the first time since we started this pod, it's been, what do we start like last November? Um, I feel like we always, are, when we started this, there's one main thing. This is kind of like a, what, what we call on the radio, like a what do you got Friday? Like a lot, <laughs> a, a, a lot, a lot is on the table because literally nothing is on the table. We have no James Harden update. We have no seems ever Tobias Harris update. The NBA is yelling at Damian Lillard. Joel Embiid appears to be on his honeymoon. kind of a relaxed time around the sixers which uh which rarely happens kyle i would say
1: yeah it's a relaxed time for everybody it's the one time of the year that if you were to text someone who works for a team plays for a team whatever they are almost guaranteed to be on vacation Mm -hmm. and or not answer you so it's very relaxing in that way for our purposes not the best I, i thought it was very funny though that before I went to go retweet our stream that's titled, Is the Sixers Window Closed? And it had a reply before it even came up on Twitter that was, yes. And then the <laughs> second one was, there was never a window. So nice. optimism is just like spilling out of the fan base right now, yeah. as you
0: can tell. And you know we're going to give them a nice positive. No, we're not. Podcast, nah. well but- look we we do have some some questions i know you did a mailbag we have some uh some good questions from that uh want to talk to you about and this will all kind of tie in like how have the sixers caught up to other teams in the east if you even think they needed to caught up like there's an argument to be made they were pretty level with them to begin with but the first topic i guess we'll get into someone that to your point like Yes, it is a slow time for content, but if Charles Barkley has a microphone in front of his face, he is going to create content. He is going to say something interesting. (laughs) He's a content
1: machine. He is a content
0: machine. Obviously, respect him for that. So He also is someone that must not listen to a lot of Sixers fans because his perception of the Sixers is much, much different than a lot of other people's right now. He spoke recently uh, and he said four teams he thought were legitimate, or I think he said only one of four teams. There were legitimate entitles, uh, title contenders next year. He had uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, which I guess, but was kind of random. Uh, the Boston Celtics, the Denver Nuggets, and everybody's favorite team. The Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> squeaking into the top four. No Milwaukee, no Miami. I don't know if he's factoring in Dame Dame Willard being there or not being there. But the Sixers made Barkley's list of only four teams. What do you think about that? Were you surprised when you first told me about this uh, over text? I thought you meant like one of the top four teams in the East, not just one of the top four teams in the league overall. So clearly very optimistic from uh, from Charles Barkley about the Sixers.
1: What I think is that Charles must just feel indebted to the city of Philadelphia for some reason, because I, I just think where it sits right now, you can't, even if you think they're going to get a, pie-in-the-sky return for Harden. I just don't see how you make the argument that they're one of the four like inner circle contenders. And I do think he did have a caveat with what he said, where he said it does come down to having a, a strong or positive resolution with Harden. But the further this summer goes on, the less likely that appears, at least publicly. There's no new information to report there. I've been getting aggregated more recently, so I, know, like, I have like, to be careful right with look, uh careful with what What'd I say, you say or... was
0: uh they're not taking it seriously. I saw that on all the little NBA Twitter so yeah,
1: and it right. was like nothing new is being said here. Yes, this is the Terrence Mann component has been reported a hundred times over with regards to the Clippers side of trade talks, but but yeah, so I, I think they're in a spot where if you somehow get James Harden. To come back and everything's hunky-dory and him and Joel Embiid somehow set aside all their playoff demons of the past you could really squint and you could say yeah they're like a dark horse team if 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 and there's all these ifs I get that to call them like oh yeah they're one of the four teams so I would watch out for it. that's that's a little too strong for my liking I mean like let's look at the other side of it what is even the best possible outcome from a James Harden trade at this point. Like what is the the best scenario you in your mind can right. make up right now that returns them, you know, three good players, one great player, whatever it is. I well, I don't think it's that good. So I don't know how
0: you could call them a contender. Well, so let me let me take two two paths with this. We'll we'll go down one of them first. One is you say what the best possible outcome is for the James Harden trade. The best possible outcome is still Damian Lillard. Like if you saw what happened this week with uh, the NBA yelling at uh, yelling at Lillard and his agent, I do wonder if maybe now they've gotten to a point where the NBA is going to be like anywhere but Miami because it's going to be a bad look if he ends up there. It sets a precedent of just, I mean, like the precedent's been set already, but this is viewed as an extreme example of a team sitting of a player sitting there and going, "I'm literally only going to go there." So I do wonder if after that memo was sent, if there's going to be some behind the scenes like backdoor NBA stuff as Sixers fans know about, right? Like getting Hinky pushed out. There's a time they nix the trade of Chris Paul. I know there was a different situation with the ownership and whatnot. But regardless, I do wonder if there, if we've now entered a world where Dame Lillard could be open to other teams. It, and if it's not going to be the Heat, Boston is probably out of it now with the Jalen Brown Supermax. Like, I don't know. The Sixers do have, at that point, the best trade package with Maxi. Obviously, then they also have expiring contracts. So, if I, I would say the chances of Dame Lillard coming to the Sixers are like fifteen percent, maybe, maybe a little under twenty. If you really want me to feel optimistic that day, but it does. I mean, it does feel like it's going up at least with all with Miami not yet getting the deal done, and now the NBA starting to get involved. So when you say what the best case scenario is it's probably acquiring like a top eight player in the NBA right now.
1: I still don't. I don't think they contend with Dame and Joel and a bunch of just like guys. Oh, I think basically.
0: I disagree. With you. you think if they have Joel Embiid and uh, Damian Lillard, they're not a, like a top four team in the NBA? Not this top- year,
1: no. I, I think maybe next year you could talk me into it. I just think the version of a trade that gets them Dame if you send out Harden and Maxi, mm. your team is just not going to be that good. There's just no way that you can make a team that is built to survive in the playoffs. It's like we've seen that Sixers have very good top heavy teams and what the results are from that, right? Like I think this year in the playoffs, they're deeper than they've been in the past and their stars let them down, which is unfortunate, yeah. but like, the twenty nineteen season they lose to the Raptors. They couldn't take Joel off the court for like <laughs>
0: two minutes. Mm-hmm.
1: They'd lose teams going like an 8 0 run.
0: But to be fair, they had nobody close to Dame in that series. I like, mean, they just, had
1: Jimmy Butler, who now has yeah, gone to how many that, he's he gone to two good. out of
0: four of the last five. Right. But but that aside, I'm saying in that specific series, he only had, if I remember correctly, maybe two like Outstanding games. Now, two out of seven, as we know with James Harden, as we've discussed, is not a small amount. But Game Seven only like seventeen points. I get your point about the depth of the roster. If it's just Joel and Damian Lillard, a Joel has shown like he's probably going to miss a fair amount of games, or at least be dealing with something in the playoffs. But if I have a healthy Joel Embiid, and again, Damian Lillard, this is why. And um, I believe it was when Doc talked to, to uh, Bill Simmons, he kind of described the ideal guard for Joel. Like Lillard is the ideal guard. He takes off the pressure from Joel. He becomes the main or the best player on offense from the perimeter. He is somebody that you can give the ball to in crunch time when Joel's maybe not getting it done. So I get your point about depth, but if you look around the east, like Boston, okay, they're, they're, they're deeper than the Sixers would be. But you could argue the Sixers would have two of the best. Two of the the two best players in that series. If you want to say Joel is better and then Lillard is Yeah, after
1: Tatum dropped 50 on them and again. Yeah, Tatum had, but
0: yeah, but Tatum also has also had some downs. I just, I get your point about the depth. The depth would be a problem, but they would have the, you know, two of the top. You're like players. you're fumbling all
1: over yourself to try to make this point, it's and it's not that crazy. It's not it, that
0: well, no, it's it doesn't need that much fumbling. I might be fumbling because I'm maybe getting heat exhaustion from being out in the sun at training camp, <laughs> but they have Joel and Dame, like that's it. Roll anybody else. You roll out PJ, you have Paul Reed who can you know play the four next to you. Like, I don't like you don't need that much more at that point.
1: I just I don't agree. Like the whole Miami's whole run. Just a recent example, Miami's whole run to the finals was not like, oh, man. I mean, Jimmy Butler had some great games, right? The whole thing was they had a bunch of role players that went crazy. They had enough depth and enough guys that that's what got them there. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. they have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, but, like, Caleb Martin is, like, carrying them for an entire series, essentially. The Nuggets, yes, they got – MVP level performances from Jokic, but they also had Murray. They had Bruce Brown in a big role off the bench. Jeff Green giving them good minutes off the bench. Caldwell Pope, who's been on multiple title teams now. I just, there's no real proof of concept for a two star, no depth team winning titles, right? Like even the one, even like the all time great teams we think of, like the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, right? Mm -hmm. That's Robert Uri and Derek Fisher and Rick Fox and, like, a bunch of guys. They have a lot of guys that you can remember that were good in roles. Like, who are those guys? If
0: you trade Harden and Maxi, it's what? Who's the third guy on that team? Well, is it so Tobias Harris? It would probably be Tobias, assuming you move Harden somewhere else and that's how you get the money down. But but hold on. So, so the teams you talked about, Denver, you're right. They had better depth. But they had the two most important things to start, which is Jokic, who – top 10 player in the NBA, and Jamal Murray, who is also a very good player, right? You look at the Lakers. They had two great players. The Sixers currently, assuming Harden's not going to be here, have to complete the first step of getting that second great player. So you're right that if they traded Lillard, their depth would take a hit for sure. It, it would. But, you, but you're but you acquiring the most important piece before you worry about the rest of those players. Like Jokic and Jamal Murray make the players better around them. Uh, Jeff Green, you brought up he's a nice player. Jeff green at this point of his career is not, you know, like getting a ton of money type. Guy. Well,
1: I didn't even bring up like Michael Porter jr. Or like, yeah, a, he, he's he a was player. like a max player at this point. Yeah. So
0: well, Toby's the point is player, to be there's fair. just,
1: there's not real proof of concept, especially with the way the CBA is punishing teams for being a top heavy roster. Like you're incentivized to try to have a deeper roster. I, I mean, I don't see how that version of Cause look at it this way their only additions have been minimum guys right mm-hmm. so on paper harden and maxi out damon let's we'll set aside any kind of other stuff yeah the starting lineup is what it's joel and dame great and then it's pj tobias and
0: d'anthony melton i guess like i mean that is that that terrible it's okay but well yeah I, th- I think you're undervaluing you those the... guys off but I think you're undervaluing the Joel and Dame part of the lineup. I, I get your point that yes, that PJ. I think the they'd P- win
1: a lot of games. I think there's yeah. a difference between they win a lot of games and oh, they're a contender. And beyond that, one are they staying healthy? Dame's had his issues. He's a small guard, and they tend to age about as well as milk does. So <laughs> know, that yeah. that's not a that's not a good. I mean, guy. it would be a I one think or to two pair year with shot. Joel necessarily.
0: Yeah. It would be a one or two year shot.
1: And I think it's really a one-year shot and it's next season. Like, I just yeah. don't think and that's bad. Like, then Dame's another year
0: older. It's like, what what are we well, doing? Well, I think here? look, when you trade Maxi, you're you're basically, and I'll ask you this to kind of keep going down this road. Your opinion on the depth. How do you think Maury would feel about it? Like, we can have our opinions of it, but he would fall on one side of it. He either thinks he would he would trade for Dame and everything would be okay, or he is of your your side, which is yeah, you have Dame, but you've given away pieces and all those things. Like, where do you think he would fall on it?
1: I mean, his history suggests that he's a stars at all costs guy. And right. if you look at his track record, that's what he would do. It's like he'd make that move. Now, I do think there is, and it's been reported, it's widespread that they've said, you want us to trade Maxi, that's a firm no. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter who you're offering. And Now, some of that, as I've said throughout the process, is there's an understanding around the league. Dame wants to go to Miami, so nobody's going to say, oh, yeah, you can have our best young blue-chip prospect, and we're going to put him on the table. Because that really has all downside with no upside, because teams have been thinking, yeah, he's not going to get traded to us regardless. Let's not upset our future building block guys. And in Maxie's case... That's like a double, it's not double Jeopardy, I guess, but it's like doubly bad because yeah, of the it's extension not thing where you're trying to send the message like, hey, we're trying to preserve cap space next summer. We're going to take care of you eventually, blah, blah, blah. And then to throw him in trade talks when he's not going to probably make the difference anyway, mm-hmm. that'd be a bad, bad look, I think. So I just I don't think it's going to happen. But even if it did, I would argue it's still... I would almost rather see them trade Harden for role players and then let Maxi have the keys for a season, see where things play mm-hmm. out, and you you see what happens next offseason.
0: Yeah. So I'm not against that either. Like, I have fully talked myself into, you know, we we're talking a little bit before the pod, like, is Maxi overvalued or undervalued? I'm fully in the camp of, like, I believe in Maxi taking a leap next year. I think having Nick Nurse will help. I think. He, he's improved every year. I've seen it with Jalen Hurts, not apples to apples, but we've seen that guys, guys that improve early in their career and like show they can make big leaps. I'll, I won't count against them doing it again, but the, so when we started all this, I said, there were two paths to, to kind of your question. One was the Lillard path. The other one was like, can the Sixers be a top four team? According to Charles top four in the NBA, like as currently constructed or whatever they trade Harden for, whether that's a package of guys from the Clippers or let's say a Pascal Siakam, someone that's not, Dane. Like they turn Harden into something or let's say Harden stays. I think they can absolutely be a top four team in the NBA next year. They were a top four team in the NBA last year. And while they've lost pieces, if Harden is back and let's just, let's, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt that he comes back and plays hard. I think we both agree they've upgraded at head coach. The East, like we when the when the Celtics lost Marcus Smart, I know they got Porzingis, who might be a bit of an underrated kind of uh, addition. I think he was pretty good the last few years of his career, but if you lose Marcus Smart, are the Celtics still as good as they were? Are they as legit contenders? The Bucs are are very good, but they're older and maybe their window's kind of closing. Look at the West. I mean, it's, it's hard to come up with teams. So, yeah, I absolutely think the Sixers, as currently constructed, like with Maxi, Joel. Harden slash whatever you get for Harden, Nick Nurse. I mean, they've been a top four team in the NBA arguably the last four years. So I think while there's a lot of frustration, and I'm sure the Twitter mentions on if the Sixers' window is closed, is very much like, yes, it is. If you have Joel Embiid, like you are a top five team in the NBA, basically just off that. And then if Maxi takes a leap, if Nick Nurse improves this team, I think Paul Reed will be better. I, I really do think there is a path to, as currently constructed, us entering the playoffs and the Sixers having the top four tight a lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna try to avoid being like full Doomer mode this right. Season yeah, I know, I like, know
0: you're you're getting pinned into the Doomer corner, which I'm not. Yeah.
1: To I, I was Mr. Optimism and things are different now, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, last year, and we all saw how that ended for everybody. It was so a long game was...
0: seven, yes. <laughs>
1: uh so I won't I won't quite be Mr. Positivity this season, and I understand all the I I am not super optimistic though about this coming season. Right. Obviously as the Sixers have said behind the scenes it's or actually in public as well. Let's see where the roster is in late September, early October rather than what it looks like in July. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot more happening this off season, right? Most of the guys who are any good are all on teams. And there are not a ton of trades, impactful trades anyway, made in late August, early September. Now, there are certainly exceptions to that rule. Most of the time, you're not moving somebody like James Harden. I was going to say, it's
0: extenuating circumstances right now. Dane, Harden, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's just a lot hanging out there that has not been resolved. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, yeah, they're doomed and they can't make a good trade or they can't convince James. But... There are not a lot of good options. Is what I would say. To only have the difference between this and the Ben Simmons situation, which we've brought up several times, mm. is like that guy was still a young and many people still viewed as like an ascending player, right? Whatever we thought or I thought of Ben Simmons, there was still that idea that oh, you put him in the right system, get him out of Philadelphia where he's not happy, so on and so forth. He's going to take off. Like when Brooklyn traded for him was like, this is the best possible scenario yeah. for Ben Simmons. And they have him under contract. People thought they for lost Three the more trade. seasons. Yes. So on and so forth. And that obviously ended up being wrong. But there is no sentiment like that regarding James Harden. There are still people who think he's a good and productive player, including the Clippers. But I don't think anybody is like, yeah, we're going to pay whatever it costs to get James. If we can get James at a cut rate deal, sure. But – this is a guy that, whether you're looking at the on-court stuff or the behind-the-scenes, when you hear him, there are rumblings suggesting, yeah, this guy didn't think he had enough freedom under yeah. Doc Rivers. Or like he wants to be the guy. If you're a team like the Clippers and you hear that, are you like, oh man, I really need to get that guy on this team? That they already <laughs> have Kawhi, who's yeah. <laughs> better than him, at least as long as he's healthy. So I, I don't know. I just I don't see anybody offering a real deal trade for this guy. And in that case, do you think that the only other realistic path is you convince him to come back and hope that him and Joel are good enough to win. And then it's like, right. It's the same conversation we had at the end of the year. They, they both look like guys who are not cut out to be the, the front of the franchise
0: type leader when you really need them. I just, I don't think Maury's gonna trade Harden for a deal where we we do a pod on it and it's like, wow, I can't believe they made that trade. Like my guess is what if Harden gets moved, it is going to be a deal where we go, Okay, this is why you waited, this is why Maury waited, like he's a star hunter, those type of things. And while they have lost pieces this offseason, like they lost George Yank, they lost Shake Melton. Um I'm trying to think Jaden McDaniels, right? Are those the three free agents they've lost? So I don't what know. I, three, I, am I for if we're like for forgetting, forgetting one, about. it can't be that he can't be that important. But maybe we're both just tired. But like, <laughs> well, that so, was the think, first
1: day. Basically, first two days was Milton, right?
0: Yang, so they lost those pieces, but they brought in Patrick Beverly, Mo Bamba. Uh, they brought back who I think Paul Reed in a bigger role. So I think you could even make the argument, and I'll I'll stay in my optimistic corner today. Like, I don't know, is the roster that much worse? Like, we're so con- concerned about the depth from last year. Are, is their depth that much worse? Jaden McDaniels didn't play in the playoffs. Shake Milton barely First of
1: played. all, it's Jalen. His brother Jaylen. is Jaden. I just want apologies. to make sure that
0: we're... My apologies. Yes. Well, they don't have either of them, him or his brother. That's Neither true. of them played in the playoffs. His
1: brother's I mean, better than him, by the way. If they had Jaden McDaniels, they would have re-signed to him. They, yeah, they I mean, would have ponied up.
0: So maybe yeah. But either way, they don't have either of those. Like, I don't know. Is the roster that much worse than it was last year? If Harden's back, like, let's just let's just assume Harden is back. Is the roster even that much worse than it was last year when you consider the Nick Nurse Absolutely. edition? Absolutely. But yeah. why? I, like because they have the, four centers. Right, but the, the, like I was <laughs> like, saying, the guys they You can lost, only
1: have so many guys on there, like the opportunity cost of carrying Actually, no. That's not even true. They have five centers. Okay, but I know, but that like one yes, third I, of the roster is centers. right now is
0: centers. Right. But they that's have a how many more fucking problem? But they have how many more centers than they had last year? One more, right? I think they have two more, don't they? So they had Embiid, Paul it was Reed, Joel and Reed and Tres. Right. So they had three now. Who are the five? So now they, oh, they I added Mobama and Patrushev. Yes. Right. Okay. For
1: protrusive I actually don't know how to pronounce his name. I got to find that out.
0: Right. Well, I don't think its a name will be saying very often. I'd be surprised if he got a lot of minutes this year. Maybe I'll be wrong. He
1: might get. It's a, a partial guarantee, so he might get cut. Yeah. So it's just I, like I a, just
0: whatever, but I, I don't know. I don't like. I don't know if the roster is that much worse if James is still here because the guy I like Niang's a loss for sure. He he was a big time shooter for them. He played in the playoffs. Obviously he had some defensive concerns, but I thought in the playoffs he at least showed good effort on defense. But he's gone. But they got Patrick Beverly Mobamba. I don't know. I just. I think maybe the idea the sky is falling while they wait for Harden to get traded might not be that true. Like they didn't lose anybody that I feel is a major impact besides maybe Niang. But I also think you're going to get an improved Paul Reed this year. Who they did.
1: Here's what I would say. I think Niang probably personally swung like five or six games last year. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that they, he had was like a six win share player or whatever. However you would want to frame that. But there were, a handful of games that if he doesn't go crazy in like the third or fourth quarter, they probably lose. I think you could argue shake Milton probably won them a game or two when they went through that stretch where uh, the one that jumps out specifically is when Joel and James are out, the nets come to Philly, Ben Simmons returns and the Sixers win with like nobody available. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge shake Milton game supporting cast all steps up. They don't have those guys now. Now you could say, hey, maybe there's a game where Mo Bamba hits like four threes off the bench and does something. Pat Beverly is a defensive spark in some way. But right. those were they, these guys legitimately swung games and won games for them last year. So I think it's naive to just sit here and say, oh, yeah, they're just going to like make those games up somehow, especially when normally the way you would say you do that is, well, they won't be here but maybe Harden is healthier, right? Like he missed that month or however mm-hmm. much time you missed yeah, Maxie early missed a in month the season. But you're betting on a guy who's getting older, who we know his off-court habits in terms of the lifestyle type stuff. And he doesn't want to be here for all intents right. and purposes. So are you able to make up for the role player losses through your star equity? Probably not. The other thing is, Do we think Joel is going to have as good of a year as he had last season? I feel like even if you say Joel's an elite player, he's going to have elite production again. I think very easily he could have a a worse year, could shoot poorly from mid or not poorly, but shoot a little bit worse from mid range, Mm -hmm. be a little bit worse in crunch time. doesn't have to be actively bad, but just come down a little bit. He's like a 28 point per game guy gets the line a little bit less, their margins start shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And so that's, that's the one thing I would say they're not that far from things going totally off the rails.
0: So I feel like today we're we're doing like glass half full glass, half empty, we've kind of gone down that path, but I just think I'm like glass something.
1: quarter full. on this, well, so this. is what I was
0: going to say. Actually, where I think that we could agree though, is I don't think that glass is quarter full. It's funny. You said that because that's where I was going. Like, Yes, the, they have lost some role players. They have also replaced those players. Maybe that maybe the role players they lost were a ten out of ten, and these guys are a seven out of ten. And maybe over eighty-two game season, you're right. Like that small difference is a difference between them being a three seed, a two seed versus a, a five or a six Like maybe it is. Maybe the East is more competitive. I just ultimately believe that the season is going to come down to the, like the the main pieces on the team. And I think Nick Nurse will be an upgrade. The Joel being better thing is interesting because. Last year before the season, I got into like heated debates with my friends where I'm like, there's no way Joel's going to be as good as he was last year. He's not going to win MVP. It's tough to, you know, be that close. And he did. He did. And also every year, I think, and me included has been part of this saying, Joel's due for an injury. We know he's injury prone. He's going to get hurt. And for the most part, like, yes, he does sit out games and stuff, but it's been a while since he's had an injury in the regular season where he missed like seven weeks because it was a big deal so maybe with joel and this is you know glass half full Elliott right now we just we always wait for it but it but it never actually comes like he is going to probably be top 3 in the nba in scoring again he probably is going to play 65 70 games or maybe not 70 but you know like around there so so i don't know i i just and this is my kind of where i've been all offseason i don't see the doom and gloom that other people do with the sixers i think if harden's back they'll be a top 3 team with to charles barkley point to bring it all the way back I think they can absolutely be a top four team. They were a top one team after game five of the Celtics series. I think they can definitely get back to that point, especially with a better head coach. So I don't know, maybe I'm being too gla- glass half full, but the the next question I would have for you is we've talked about this a little bit, but to maybe shift topics, like, do you think other teams in the East have moved? Like, have they, have they widened the gap? Do you think the moves Boston's made? Uh, Milwaukee kind of is team running it back a little bit, but like, where do you view the Sixers in terms of just from the off season? Do you really think the other teams have made a big, a big gain on them and widened the margin?
1: Sorry. My dog right now is like the loudest snorer
0: of all time. So it's wow, it's funny. because I, too... I don't hear it at all,
1: but that's, uh, <laughs> he's like vibrating the floor. He's, he's not snoring vibing snoring. out to
0: a song over there uh, as he's known to do. <laughs> no, he's, no. uh,
1: he's just chilling. Um, I don't the hard thing for me is that I don't know what to make of what the Celtics did. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I don't know if I think it's good. I, I understand they wanted to shake things up. I do think conceptually a guy who can do some rim protection, also space the floor in Persingis, open some things up for them on offense. I also don't really know who is going to be a good passer on that team. Like you know, my guy Derek White, I love him to Uh, death. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be glass half full
0: about him. He's he's
1: essentially the starting point guard right now, and like through respect to him, I don't think that that's like a he's not the guy to get you into your offense every possession down Mm. and like run things. Now you give it to Jason Tatum and just let him iso hunt and switch hunt and whatever the for 40 minutes a night. It doesn't really matter, but. Now that you're paying Jalen Brown the GDP of a small island (laughs) nation for the next however many years.
0: What do you think of that? Would you have given it?
1: You kind of have to. I think Mm -hmm. it's one that it doesn't help you to let the guy go. Now, maybe there was a case to be made. You offer him up for somebody like Dame and say, we're going to go after somebody like that. So that road is now closed to them, at least Mm -hmm. for the short to medium term but yeah I mean I just tend to bet on the incumbents right we've seen Boston be good we've seen Milwaukee when they're actually healthy which I would say the concern I would have with Milwaukee is kind of similar to the Sixers in that Drew Holiday's getting older Middleton was never healthy last year Giannis is more durable but he obviously got hurt at a inopportune right. time last year but they get old. They get a little bit older, a little bit older, a little bit less healthy. The role players get worse because now their cap is so tied up in you know the main guys. It's hard to sustain it. We've seen it with the Warriors have been you know the best team in this quote unquote modern era yeah. for the last you know ten years or so. Compare them, I guess, to the LeBron era Heat, and even them, it's like they can fly back and forth. One year they're a legit. Title winner, title contending team. The next season, you look at them and they might barely make the playoffs, or they actually missed the play in the one year when, you know, the guy everybody wants, Kelly Oubre, was part of their rotation. So I just, no, definitely not my boy. I might have to go back on that depending on (laughs) if they sign him or not. We'll see if I can put on a smile and uh,
0: (laughs) pretend it's a good move. It's all right i'll do it you can say in the doomer corner when they uh when they sign so
1: up. yeah i mean i think the heat also they're a gigantic question mark and coin flip depending on what happens with dame right because they had mm-hmm. multiple really valuable role players go to other teams gabe vincent gone max Struz gone and you know i know that everyone thinks oh miami can just turn anybody into a valuable role player and Their player development program is very good, and they have good stars to kind of prop them up. But at a certain point, you gotta have actual talent. So they're a big question mark. After
0: that, yeah, I don't know if I believe in the Cavs. Oh, did you see this? This could be fake. This could be like fake NBA news. Maybe I just saw it on my timeline. Um, like maybe Donovan Mitchell is saying he's not gonna resign there or something like that. There were some rumblings, and maybe he could be available. He still
1: has like a couple. Does he? Years, okay. So I think, at least if I remember, I think he's got at least this year and next,
0: if I remember. Because that correctly. could be a surprise, like all of a sudden Donovan Mitchell's on the Sixers type thing. I
1: not mean, a big
0: deal. That. Like I could see him coming here. I I, like, I think if he's traded, the Sixers have now they'd have to do it for like Tobias Harden. So maybe not actually. Yeah. The he's Sixers under contract this
1: year and next. And he's got a player option, which he'll decline. But would you trade Player Maxie option for 2025, 20, 26. Oh yeah, I mean if you could get him, sure. But
0: I just you would, I I'm saying you would trade Maxi for him.
1: Yeah, I think okay. I don't even love Mitchell per se. Like I, I think he's when he's good, he's extremely good, but mm-hmm. he's got some tunnel vision at times, and he's probably not a true number. One. Like he's not like trading for
0: Dame, right? Where it's like, right. oh, that's a number one guy. Wait, Joel on a contender. If Joel's bad in the clutch, you can't definitely hand it off to Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, you like
1: there might be. There are some nights certainly where you give it to him and he's on fire. But I don't Mm -hmm. think he's like the consistent night to night. Oh, that's the guy type guard. Uh, Maybe he gets there. He is only like twenty seven, I think, right now. So in theory, these are the the years that the prime years ahead for him. But I don't think he's. If I we're guessing if Cleveland's gonna make a trade, they'll trade one of their bigs. Like Jared Allen will get traded and mm-hmm. they'll see what Evan Mobley can do as like the lone big there. But yeah, to your point, it's them and then it's the Knicks. And like I like the Knicks. I don't think they're nah, the Knicks are real fraud. contender, yeah. though. Yeah. The Hawks just locked in DeJounte Murray and like mm-hmm. I don't love him and Trey Young as a a lead duo. We'll see what they look like now that they finally traded John Collins after right, like five straight years. Uh, but yeah, you go down the list. There's nobody that other than the Bucks and Celtics that's like a oh yeah a slam dunk type contender. Know, like, like the seeding is going to be very interesting. Like it was uh, last season where there was a lot of back and forth, back and forth. In the middle of the year, the Sixers kind of pulled away toward the end, but yeah the the seeding battle and who gets who in the second round series will be interesting
0: so for all you nba aggregators out there your clear aggregate for today is kyle disagrees with charles barkley that can be the new tweet you guys can tweet and you can you can tag kyle put a little picture of that i don't think
1: the anytime. podcast has gotten aggregated quite yet at least not that i can i recall. think a few times it has uh what I, my I'll, i know I'll, my articles have a bunch but i yeah. don't know if there's like a well, I know Odyssey has posted some clips and quotes. So yeah, we got we got your
0: clips out there. I don't
1: know if that counts as aggregation compared no, to like not when from it's our own
0: company. The I NBA
1: Central posting out uh, the context quotes from Well,
0: it. I'll give a shout out. The dude Francis on Twitter, he is like the hub of all Sixers rumors, and he a few times has uh has put you in there. So so we're getting there slowly okay. but surely. Hopefully next year we get more and more uh, More aggregate. The last question I have for you before we wrap this up, because I do have to unfortunately go do a hit uh, on WIP. But the I brought up the NBA's memo, memo, (laughs) the NBA's memo to Dame. um, You know about the situation. Curious what you thought of that, both from a large pitch, like a big picture perspective of how you think it could impact situations like this moving forward. But also, do you agree with me that maybe it could end up being a situation where they kind of steer him away from Miami?
1: I think it's a little absurd. I I think this has happened before, right? Like this isn't Mm -hmm. the first time. I I think maybe they're just drawing a line in the sand because we have both complained, or I know I've complained on this podcast about how it's going, where guys are signing, you know, $60 million deals just to say, Oh, I actually want to be with this specific team elsewhere. Like, you can't have your cake and eat it too, and so I understand the NBA is trying to rein that back a little bit, and I think that's probably a good fight to to pick. I would, I guess, some of this is just that uh, Dame's agent Aaron Goodwin has been pretty public about this whole thing, and they have not made any secret about what their intentions are. I mean, right. you go down the list: Chris Haynes, Shams Charania, Woj—all the like big newsbreaker types. Are all saying the same stuff. It's like well, it's it's so clear funny the, where it's coming from. <laughs> it's though. funny how the
0: memos like that. I think you know the agent denied saying this. It's like, come on, bro. Like, how do you think this got out there? Like of
1: course he denied yeah, it. Yeah. Right. I mean, if they did a real in- investigation and like check the guy's text messages, yeah, I would sure it would be very that, apparent. Yeah. Now maybe not the text messages. They might have to check call logs because most right. of these guys are smart enough not to leave anything Put that incriminating in text, yeah. in, in text form. So Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think this is going to impact where Dame ends up all that much. I I think if he really is dead set on Miami, he will get there. We've seen that play out before. I just kind of doubt that he is. Like, I think he's saying that. I think he believes that. But I think this would be similar to Kawhi in that if a wild card team trades for him, like the Raptors did Kawhi in Mm -hmm. 2018-19, I don't think Dame is the type of guy who's going to say, I'm not playing for you. Like I won't show up. Like if the Sixers traded hard and maxi, whatever to get Dame, I think it's a slim chance that Dame would just say, you need to, tr- I'm going to sit out until you can retrade me. Okay. I'm not going to play. Like, I just, I don't think that's a real threat. And so that being the case, you trade for, if you really want to get them and you think the price is right, I think they can trade for them. But, I, I just, I don't think they're going to budge that much on what they'd be willing to offer because of how he feels. And so functionally, it's basically the same thing.
0: Well, I'll say this, that uh, we started the pod saying we were going to do mailbags saying we had all this stuff. And of course, we went longer than we thought on this topic. So even if nothing happened between, between, now, between now and the next pod, if a dame happens, obviously we will be here sooner. But... Kyle, you have some uh, some good vacation coming up, some well-deserved vacations, some good times with friends, and then uh, a nice long trip. But we will have pods between now and uh, and then. So um, good pod. It was uh, it was kind of nice not having a main topic to kind of have to discuss. It was, it, was, it was nice to bounce around. But if you guys do have a question you want us to talk about, feel free to tweet me or uh, Kyle about it. And uh, on the next pod, we'll try to get to it. So uh, until next time, man, talk to you soon. Talk to you guys soon.